and welcome to Authorised, the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier and I speak to those writers and today I am introducing you to a fascinating uh, young woman who has written a terrific book about uh, some very important women, uh, some very uh, courageous women, uh, some gutsy women uh, and and women who have just wonderful stories to tell that I'm glad have finally been told and we'll uh, get into that in just a tick. Uh, But a word first about our podcast partners, CSCG. They are terrific people. You'll love dealing with them uh, because not only are they great people to deal with, but they will help you in an area that is uh, very important to all of us, our financial future. They will help you build, maximise and protect your financial picture. However that sits for you at the moment, it will look better after you talk to the people at CSCG. Trust me. And all you have to do is pick the phone up and give them a call. It's double nine seven four eight triple three. Have a look on the website if you want some more information before you call them, cscg.com.au. Terrific people. They will look after you and you'll be happy for the experience you have with them. And you'll be happy to read this book too because it is a ripper. It's called Sheila's. Badass Women of Australian History. The author is Eliza Riley, who's done uh, a, a whole variety of different things in her life and is a very talented and very witty author uh, and has brought some just absolutely fantastic stories to life in this book. So let's uh, get uh, straight to uh, Eliza and have a chat about Sheila's. Congratulations. It's a really lovely book to read. It's a really entertaining book. Oh, thank you so much. It, it looks great. It feels great because I love the feel of a book. And I was so oh, glad. I said to the publicist, uh, the publishers, I was like, I must have a book that feels good yeah. to the touch. No, it's it so does. important to me. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> and I, it's it's a busy book, but it's a it's a lovely book to read. And it's a really interesting book to read. I mean, it, keep, it keeps you moving on all the time. Oh, yeah. It is a busy book and a lovely book. Uh, it's it's set, well, there was just so much to fit in about all these amazing women of Australian history. And so there's no time to muck around. We've got to get going. So let's start at the very beginning. How long ago did, uh, did this project start? Because it sort of did, did it come off the back of the, the series you did with your sister? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a couple of years in between, but essentially I started writing the first draft in October 2020. So it feels like it has been such a short amount of time. Um, it's that weird COVID lockdown, like time feels so long, but time feels so short. And yeah. that's how I feel like writing this book too. So did you, uh, did you have it planned out? To, did, did you have the dozen or so chapters on the, on the women already worked out in your head before you started? Or did you discover things as you went along and changed and oh, added? It, it was a complete adventure into the unknown. Oh. I, you know, my we we didn't want to sort of, or I didn't want to sort of um, put women in these sort of boxes. Like, oh, got to have a First Nations tick, got to have a differently abled woman tick. Like, I did not want to do that. I just wanted to go out into the research and into the into history and see what I could find. And there was so many amazing women. It was so exciting. Uh, when you stumbled across a story that you'd never heard of before, it was brilliant. And that's the revelation, I guess, for for many of us, uh, me included, is that there are names in this book that I don't know at all, and I do know now. And when I read mm. about someone like Marianne Bug, I go, "My God, how was that able to slip through to the keeper?" Mm, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, it's, I mean, her story is. So incredible! Like I really, I don't believe I'm doing anything charitable. I'm not doing charity work. I'm genuinely being like, this story is so amazing. 
And um, yeah, Marianne Bug was a First Nations uh, bush ranger in the 1880s, and she was so um, incredible and violent and scary and so strategic. And I would argue that she's actually the better of the bush rangers because she went so long undetected, even nearly 200 years later. Well, the amazing thing is, I mean, she was, you know, associated with, uh, in many ways and many different ways with Captain Thunderbolt, who's, you know, mm. s- something of a hero for being a bit of a blonk, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But um, uh, and he bobs up in every second book you talk about Australian history, whereas <laughs> it's the first one I've ever seen her name mentioned in. I know. If you go to Urala, which is their main sort of bush-ranging uh, area on a map, if you go into Google Maps, there's a Captain Thunderbolt Highway. There's a Captain Thunderbolt Rock. There's a there's a Captain Thunderbolt Shiraz and a meat pie named after him. And there's not one thing erected for his bush ranging partner, his wife, and mother of his children. Who you know, I go on to argue is the much more sophisticated, um, bad actor of like New South Wales robbery. She taught him how to read and write. She was. She taught him how to navigate the the lands of like uh, of Australia at that time. And as soon as she dumped him, he got shot. So by the police. So he didn't <laughs> laugh long without her. <laughs> I mean, and as you mentioned, uh, she uh, thirteen children she had. She swam in shark infested waters. She did everything, yes. uh, and uh, he was walking around <laughs> taking the glory. I mean, just. Quite unbelievable, to be honest. Well, yeah, he, he was going around taking all the glory and, you know, she she had to read these, like, letters, I mean, sorry, these articles about him to him because he couldn't read or write. But then, you know, there's the masculine wins and the feminine wins. And I would sort of, you know, hazard a guess that maybe it was a strategic choice for him to have all of the spotlight and for her to just be able to slip Unknown back into the bush and lived to the age of 70. Yeah, which is You know, was like, so there amazing. is that thing of, yeah, it is that thing of him taking all the credit. But then there is also another thing of, like, well, women have a knack about, you know, putting their ego to the side for survival of her and her 13 children. Uh, yeah, which is a pretty amazing thing. I think she's incredible. I, I love the description of uh, the, the Bush Rangers being, uh, you know, basically C-grade Johnny Depp impersonators. <laughs> there, are so, <laughs> there are so many of those. Uh, there's so much uh, wit and humour in this book. It's, it's. Uh, I mean, you get into into reading about someone like Marianne Bug, and you can't help you're laughing as you're reading about it because the way you have written it is just uh, really beautifully presented. Uh, you've, you've done. Uh, Done great justice to these women, and uh, and you've done it in such a way that it's entertaining as well as informative. That is so kind of you to say. Yeah, I feel like, oh, you know, you're laughing while you're learning, yep. and there are genuinely, you know, that's how I process, I guess, the world because there's so many shocking and infuriating things about history and about the way that some people are chosen to their stories. Uh, chosen to be told. So, like, there is a lot of darkness in history. But so I process that by laughing and by making, like, light of the things so that you're able to actually, you know, process it in a healthy and fun way because it is supposed to be fun and inspiring as yeah. well. When you chose the title yeah. for the book, Sheila's, did you did you balk at that at all? Because I, I actually... That's one of the first things I learned in reading this book. I didn't realise Sheila's 
was a term for loose women. I, I thought it was a term for women, <laughs> but not necessarily loose women. I wasn't aware of that sort of part of the uh, the evaluation of that word. I know, me neither. It was actually from um, the the TV show when we were doing the press for that, that we'd have people call in and say like, no, my dear, you don't want to be called a Sheila. And that was sort of, I had no idea either. So going into the research about the etymology of the word Sheila, which was just a term for just a fun time gal during the war. Uh, and I guess it's like, I'm just trying to sort of, I've never thought of a Sheila as a bad thing, whether you're a loose woman or a, or a party girl, that's not a bad thing to me. So it's like, why not <laughs> give this word um, you know, empower. For me, a, a Sheila is a girl who looks at how society is run and says, nah, not for me. I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to be selfish, which I think is such a, a, a bad word associated with women. You know, you're not to be selfish. You're, be, you're to be a martyr. And I'm saying, nah, get the martyrdom out of here. Let's be, you know, let's hike up our petticoats and fight it down the doors of opportunity. <laughs> yes, yes, which is one of the great phrases you use uh, in the book. The, the word Sheila, you're trying to turn it into a badge of honour rather than a cringeworthy word that we all kind of shrink away from. Well, yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, I guess it's a certain uh, generation who has an association with that word. And, I mean, it's just more about being like, well, why don't you want to be a loose party girl woman? Because, <laughs> like, I'm a, I'm a young woman, I'm a Zoomer, we think about the world in a completely different way. And I just wanted to sort of, I guess, lightly question, like, why does some behavior, uh, why is some behavior bad for women? Like, <laughs> being like I don't think it is. Uh, uh, you talk about uh, in the book and the the final uh, female that you were, that you showcase is, uh, is, is Deborah Laurie, the, the pilot, which was quite an unbelievable story when you read that one. And that's the most recent of the ones in the book. Um, what she went through to try and become a pilot in this country and the and the unbelievable hoops and hurdles and things she had to jump over, uh, given it was the 70s, it wasn't the 1870s, it was the 1970s, um, it, you could be thinking that it was the 1870s, but you do a lovely little thing in the book where you talk about if you yearn for the 70s again, have a look at what women couldn't do. And I was staggered by um, the, the facts and, uh, and uh, stuff in there, apart from obviously the Spice Girls, but the... Um, you know, women weren't allowed to get a passport unless they had their husband's uh, permission to get a passport. That, that's quite unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. And I guess that's, it is because it is within living memory. Like Deborah yes. Laurie is still, um, she's still flying today. Um, you know, so next time you get on a plane in Australia, just have a listen for the pilot's announcement. She was the first commercial uh female pilot, and she had to take Reg Ansett of Ansett Airlines to the high court for discrimination. And, you know, you say, like, the hoops she had to jump through, literally, they said that her hoop earrings were a reason why she couldn't be a pilot because they thought that they that women's hoop earrings were a permanent fixture in their body and that they thought uh. that her earrings would get hooked onto the, uh, to the uh, cockpit equipment. And then she had to, like, take out her hoop earrings in the interview and be like, ah, oh, they're not stuck <laughs> myself. Yes. Yeah, no. And, and pulling oh. one of the interview questions in the, one of the first interviews was something about whether you could pull a, a, a plane out of a, a nosedive if you had an atopic pregnancy. I mean, what? Yes. <laughs> it was, it's, but, like, that is 
so funny. And me and you, Kevin, we can share a glass of wine and laugh about this. But the truth is these conversations are still happening in job interviews all around Australia today. And it, it is that sort of like so shocking you're laughing. But like if you don't name it and you can't, you can't see it in other areas of, you know, your life and, oh, my God, it's, I think it's important. It's an important lesson because it's within living memory. Yeah, exactly. Did you have moments when you were writing uh, the stories of these women that you sort of had to get up, walk away, and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that this happened." Yes. Oh my gosh, almost every day. Yeah. But also the um, the responsibility as the I guess the author of like reading this woman's story and writing about her and just feeling this sort of I guess this responsibility of like, oh my God, I cannot wait to share this woman with the world, but I might be the only person on the planet who's focused on this figure of history at this time, so I'd better get it right because she deserves so much. Are we addressing that and, and uh, introducing some of these uh, you know, fabulous stories into our, into our sort of schoolrooms and classrooms and into our history uh, as, as we should have done previously? Uh, are we going to start doing that now? I hope so. And also, you know, apart from, I guess, like traditional educational spheres, like that's going to be amazing. But also, I just want, you know, after you've had a, a long day at work at the pub with your mates, I want you to be able to go, hey, have you heard of Marianne Bug, the Bush Ranger? Mm-hmm. Like, or have you heard of Deborah Laurie, who, you know, took their, her airline to court and then still worked for them? Like, I just want that to be in the same ways that we have spoken about Don Bradman and Ned Kelly and that, you know, that prime minister that skulls fears. Like, we've shared those <laughs> stories and made them a part of who we are in our sort of our cultural iconography. And that's great. But I'm like, there's so many more amazing stories if you love the bloke. Eliza, are we? Uh, I mean, you mentioned with those conversations, like the one that Deborah Laurie had, are still are still happening in boardrooms and in job interviews around the country mm-hmm. now. Are we? Are we? Mm-hmm. St- are we actually starting to make any any inroads at all into into the psyche of uh, of treating women? I mean, is a Kathy Freeman <coughs> going to be seen as a modern day hero to to the generation that she's coming through? Well, I mean. Uh, you know, yes, there has all like there has always been uh, things that have stayed the same. Uh, you know, the way that the media treats women and how you know industries like to sort of silo out women, but there has always also been women. So I am not stressed at all. I think I'm very optimistic and just being like. We're going to take care of it. Like, women have always existed, and as long as they continue to do that, like, we've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. So the power base the power base isn't really shifting, but it, 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 it's always been – the women have always had the power base in many, 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 many ways. Well, it's just more of a game of, like, defense and offense. Like, <laughs> women have always been playing offense, and that's a way easier uh, thing to do because we're just being like, no, get out of our way. And there's so much, like, God bless the patriarch trying desperately, really hard to try, but there's always going to be women, so it's like, it's always going to be a struggle to try and keep us out. One of the uh, things that uh, in talking to a lot of authors in doing this podcast who've written uh, books about our history, one of the problems that they have is that men have tended to embellish their achievements and what they actually did uh, to the point where 
The, no, Kevin, no. <laughs> the blurred line between what they really did and what happened uh, is often, uh, my God, it's it's often uh, a grasp on reality that none of us have and they certainly <laughs> didn't have. Are women as bad at embellishing on their achievements as men? I, I, I sort of, I, I, I think not. Well, I feel like it's more about, I guess, like the, the, uh, the history of history itself, trying to be like, for the blokes, we can hold two ideas about a man. Like uh, Ned Kelly is a classic example of like, we understand that maybe he didn't wear the helmet at all times. Like we can, we can hold that, but mm. then we can also really, we love celebrating the legend and the, the hero and put him up on a pedestal and we can hold those two ideas at the same time. But when it comes to women, it's, um, didn't happen until proven to happen. You know, there's no, it's definitely this thing of like from the readings that I looked at, uh, it was like, oh, well, she probably didn't do that. She probably didn't. She probably didn't until there's fundamental proof. Yeah. And I'm trying to be like, well, let's give her, let's give a dog a bone. Let's give her the credit where credit's due. Um, and let's try and spin her into legend as well because I want people to see themselves in these figures of history as well. Absolutely. There's a, there's a dozen stories in here of, of covering more, more than a dozen women, obviously, but uh, there's obviously another, another treasure trove of, uh, of these stories and these types of, of great women sitting there. Are you working on the second, the follow-up already, more Sheilas? Or? There are so many Sheilas, Kevin. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Turns out women have been doing cool shit since the beginning of time. It's unbelievable. And there are mountains and mountains of Sheila's to get through, and I cannot wait to show more. Uh, someone like, uh, I mean, uh, and I, I guess this story captivated me more than any, uh, Marianne Bugger, her story, why has that not come to the screen, uh, you know, given some of the tripe that we've uh, dished out over the years um, about different historical <laughs> historical and hysterical figures? Uh that to me would make just a great uh, mini series movie or whatever. Well, that's my question, Kevin. I said, like, I'm like, there's been 11 TV shows and films about Ned Kelly, not to bring him up again. I can't believe I'm still talking about him. Um, but yeah, like, I totally agree. That's my question, too. Maybe we need to go to the ABC and pitch them this show, Kevin, together. Well, I think the other, uh, the obvious thing about this is, as I said, and it's you know blight on me as much as anyone else. Until your book, I'd never heard of Marianne Bug, and that that in itself is is not a good uh, not a good sign for Australia. Because I've been around for a few years now. Well, I don't think it's a, a blight on you, and that's the thing. I don't want people to go like be filled with shame because of they didn't know. This isn't a thing about ignorance. This isn't a thing about being uh, uneducated. These are just stories that a lot of people don't know. And it's about being like, well, we didn't know about them before. That's not anyone's quote-unquote fault. And it's just embracing them today and having such a fun adventure learning about them. You, you talk about the cultural stiffy that we have for Bush Rangers. I think there's about three or four <laughs> current Ned Kelly books on the market that have come out in the last <laughs> three or four months, which is, which is, is exactly what you're saying. He's like our Spider-Man, you know. We've got to have a new Spider-Man film. For some reason, we've got to have a Nina Kelly. And that's fine. He can have as many as he wants. Like, like, totally chill with me. It's just more about being like Australia. If you love an underdog, 
why not look at Mary Ann Bug? Like that that is amazing. Like she I don't know, she's a she's an amazing woman and I I I probably I really, really would be surprised if her story doesn't hit the screen in the next coming yeah. years and months. I hope to watch it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think it's an amazing an absolutely amazing story. Sheila's it's a terrific book, Eliza. Um uh, I hope uh, there's many, many more of these to come when we unearth these uh, terrific stories because they really are great stories and they're great Australian stories. I just wanted to finish by asking you this question. In the book it says, uh, and it's a quote from Claire Wright, who says, if Cathy Lett and Monty Python had a love child, it would be Eliza Riley. Are you comfortable with that as a description of yourself? I was, I went red when <laughs> I read it. My partner actually read it aloud to me. I couldn't believe it. That was the most flooring compliment because Monty Python was such an amazing uh, like I guess they were idols to me when I was a little girl so hearing any sort of comparison where it is so humbling I love it. Not lost on you that it's one woman and five men I think was in the Monty Python team that it takes to make you up so that's uh, that's an interesting (laughs) (laughs) I know it takes five men to make it Eliza Riley. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the book. It is a it is a really good book to read, a really entertaining book to read, and an enlightening book to read in so many ways. So thanks for doing it, and uh, look forward to the next one. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks to Eliza. I really did enjoy reading the book, and I'm I'm sure you will. Make sure you get a copy of it. It is a, a really nice uh, nice book to have in your hands, and you'll love the stories in there. They are. Uh, they are destined for, uh, I think, the the big screen and to a, a much wider audience than we than we get, unfortunately, through books. But this is a book uh, you should have a look at. Sheila's, it's out and about now. And uh, my thanks to Eliza for her time and to Pam McMillan for making it all happen. Hope you enjoyed this edition of uh, Authorised. There's plenty more. You can uh, check back our previous episodes and uh, some of the other fascinating authors that we've spoken to and more on the way, I can tell you that, uh, with thanks, of course, to our fabulous podcast partners, CSCG. If If you want to build uh, and protect your financial future, they're the people to talk to. They have experts in all the fields. Uh, They're great people to deal with, very easy people to deal with, and very easy to contact. Give them a call, 9974-8333, and they'll look after you, cscg.com.au. I'm Kevin Hillier. Uh, Go and read a book. It might be the one that I'm talking about in the next podcast. (laughs) 